Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Toast and Roast. I am here with Jeff, my co-host, and I am Georgie. How's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you're not supposed to mention the jingle. Uh, Oh, I mean like, it's stuck in my head. And that's all I think in the beginning. Yeah, we've never t- we've never talked about. Yeah, let's talk about this just... <laughs> uh, this jingle. Nah, jokes. We're not going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, my story for today <laughs> is my battle with RMA, or as some people might call it, warranty fixing. Um, and basically, I had a microphone arm for this uh, for my microphone, obviously, and it like had this minor fault like my microphone would spin freely like it like literally you could like <laughs> hit it with the least amount of pressure and it would just spin so i'm like you know what i like my microphone to stay exactly where i put it <laughs> when when i'm speaking so i took it to the store and the store is 40 minutes away so i dro- drove down to the store and i gave it to them and you know they troubleshooted it i was like can I get this warranty fixed? They're like, sure. And they sent it away. This was in October. October 2021. So, like, every now and then I remember that, oh, I haven't got this this arm back yet. I haven't got this microphone arm back. And I'm like, okay, so I follow up. And the first time I followed up, I said, what's happening? I called them and they said, oh, they're, they've got it, they're, um, they're gonna ship out a new one next week or something like that. I'm like, okay. Fucking month passed, maybe one m- month and a half. And I'm like, what's happening? And they said, oh, they're trying to find parts. They can't get parts. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense because, you know, we have, we have a bit of a, if no one's noticed, we have a bit of a <laughs> shortage on uh, manual labor. And... Um, and then I follow up again and they said, oh, yeah, they're shipping one out next week. And you know what? <laughs> I asked them for a straight refund. I was like, they'll, they'll ask, they said, we'll ask Road for a straight refund. And then they came back and they said, they got an email from um, the manufacturer themselves. And they said, the manufacturer is now sending it out. So here I am. November, December, we're three months into this warranty uh, fight. I wouldn't call it a fight, actually. Call it like a, I don't know, a piss. Um, and uh, and there's, there's just no, there's no, no end in sight. I don't understand why they can't just give me a new one since they've spent three months just um, sitting on their asses. And yeah, I, and uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm never going to try and return anything for warranty ever again. Wow. Yeah. That's terrible. But yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I guess how often do people actually use their warranties? Use... Yeah, so you couldn't take this, like, physically to anywhere to get it sorted. You had to, like... Oh, that's a good point, huh? Could I have just gotten it to gone to like some watch key fixer and be like, can you fix, can you fix this? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, warranties are a funny thing, aren't they? Like, but... there's that whole thing about how products are made <laughs> deliberately 
so that they uh, kind of stop working the way they're supposed to immediately uh, after the warranty expires. I was just thinking about that actually, like planned <laughs> obsolescence um, and yeah. the right to repair movement. <laughs> but um, do, do you believe there's planned obsolescence? Do you think your phone is like hitting its prime time and just going downhill? It's hard to say because I have my I have the iPhone 12 mini, which is like uh, it's like one and a half years old now almost. And before that, I had the iPhone 7 and I had that for four years, which I think might have been the longest I've owned a smartphone. Um, and it definitely, you know, it wasn't with the times, but the, by the time I almost got I like almost got I almost upgraded it. Um, and I have heard stories of not necessarily technology, but, uh, I think, I don't know if it was Nick or my brother or someone I know had a a chair, like a desk chair. I had Mm -hmm. a two year warranty. It might've been Nick actually. Um, and after the two years was up, the leather on the chair just like started to peel. Oh, that's the worst when you get this fake Um, shit. (laughs) Sidebar, my, my brother, um, like my parents were kind of more into trying to uh, pick up like a secondhand, like uh, secondhand furniture and things. So my brother had a rather old secondhand desk chair, and uh, he just didn't really care about um, how good or comfortable the chair was, and he just put up with this old chair to the point uh, that the fabric of the seat tore and the sponge inside was (laughs) falling out and leaving little yellow balls on the carpet and it was just destroyed and (laughs) he would just walk in his room and just see these little yellow spongy balls just sitting (laughs) on the the floor and his like it you probably exaggerating but probably couldn't recognize it as being a chair anymore but (laughs) To answer your question, I don't know if I fully believe that products are entirely made to just malfunction by the time it's time to upgrade them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I fully believe that. PSA, though. Care about your chair. Yes. Yes, please do. Care it's very important. about your chair. It rhymes. You can remember it really easily. Care about your chair. Um and your ergonomics, because honestly, uh, like when when you hit twenty five plus, it, it matters so much. Um, but I think it's only really perceived planned obsolescence. I know a lot of people just like see the like their phone degrade. Sure, batteries degrade. That makes sense. Um, but I think mostly with phones, they slow down because just the software gets more and more needy, a more yeah. powerful software. Your phone is just not as powerful um, on the, I mean, they were, it was powerful feeling with the older software and you get the newer software that needs more uh, resources and your phone just doesn't have it. So I think like in general, the, the um, it's not planned obsolescence is just the way software works we're always constantly yeah. building our software with more features more more powerful features you know this whole bloody augmented reality stuff um <laughs> is 
honestly not getting better. I thought it would get better. Uh, um, nah. Yeah, we we started with. I I kind of get why we started with memojis. If anyone doesn't know what a memoji is, it's literally a uh, emoji that is based on your appearance, and it uses facial mapping technology to uh, accurately flex like the em- emoji with your expressions based based on your face so you can record yeah. those um so i was a bit disappointed with emojis I'm like we have this is a great piece of technology and we're just shoving it into emojis <laughs> uh, it's okay i guess yeah. there's a novelty in it there's a novelty and i think it's kind of like get. I know it's kind of like trying to get people familiar with the technology, so it's not as freaky when you do something a little bit crazier. I don't know, like deep fakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I don't think it's gotten too much more useful, other than like uh, in in the recent years. So hopefully it gets better. You know that reminds me. Every time we FaceTime with Nick's family sometimes just for funsies I'll turn on the, the stickers and then I'll put the Mimoji on mm-hmm. and it's on we usually do this on Nick's iPad so it's the one that he created for himself and it'll just like what do you call it superimpose his Mimoji on one of our faces and they're always so entertained <laughs> by it it's yeah. still yeah and it reminds me of um uh, at, wait, at work or like during the yeah during the pandemic, did did you mostly use like Zoom or Google Meet or? Yeah, oh, with the family. Um... Or just in general, because I was gonna talk about the Zoom filters. Yeah, yeah. So used Zoom, used Google Meets, um, and of course Discord. Um, I eventually got like the whole like personal stuff. Everybody like family and friends and stuff that wanted to video call. We all went onto Discord. Um, yeah. So I kind of consolidated that. But yeah, the filters. They're yeah, the fun. Zoom. <laughs> the Zoom filters. When we first started, oh, you know, beginning of twenty twenty, this whole shit like working from home. Everyone was obsessed with the Zoom filters. Uh, we could add like sunglasses or like something like a, a plant on top of your head or yeah. an animal face and then you could change the background and it would do the green screen for you so you could put whatever is your background um and then you know at some point we thought oh it's it's old now right but then every now and then it just comes back and someone starts <laughs> using a filter or a background and it becomes funny i remember i remember keeping like because I had my desk or my computer in a different spot and you can actually see like basically half of my apartment which I didn't like so I always had like some kind of background um and then uh, I moved it but like for some time I cared about people not seeing my apartment but then I was like I don't give a shit anymore I'm at home what do you what do you expect? Yes, yeah. you can see the the kettle in the background. You can see like the dining table, whatever. Um, yeah. A little troll that we did at work was if somebody had to go and like answer the doorbell or tend to their children or their pet or something, um, we'd take a screenshot of their background <laughs> and then set it as our background and that kind of thing. That was fun. It was that yeah. Fun. Well, we'd change our we'd change our name. 
to somebody else. So then it looked like two Jeff Chongs were like talking or something. Yeah, um, but some, yeah, <laughs> some people took pictures of the office and used it as their background yes. picture. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, um, someone, one person went into the office at the time. To- uh, at the time, one person went in and went around to everyone's chairs and took pictures of their, their like whatever was behind, behind the chair, and sent it to us so that we could all basically change our backgrounds <laughs> to where we used to sit. Um, but yeah, do you, do you think um, we, like, now that we're basically a year and a half into almost 100% working from home, do you, do you think it's been good? Hasn't it been two years? Two years? Whatever. Who knows? Do I think it's been is. good? Actually, um, I do wonder, because I was thinking about it this morning after I woke up. Uh, last year, the latter half of last year was a bit stressful for me. I got a bit burned out. And I remember being quite emotional. And then, like, recently, obviously, I took, like, 10 days off, like, over Christmas and New Year. And I feel like this year so far has been less stressful. Um, Obviously, some things have changed at work in that I'm not really working with as many people. So, at the same time, so I'm not in as many meetings. And I sort of wondered, before the pandemic, before working from home, people who are working remotely, I wonder if there's been any research done into how much stress they experience versus people going into a physical office regularly. Um, So that was something I was curious about and haven't read into. Uh, But yeah, I think it's really important when working from home to like have boundaries and stuff because it was just something I didn't really do last year and that's why I burned out yeah so yeah on the fence yeah I think um I found in what I found interesting because um well I on a on a similar topic and I'll probably get back to but Atlassian they when they apparently when they announced their um work anywhere policy um, and only mandating maybe four days a year to come into the office. Um, 25% of their workforce um, literally, like, literally moved out of Sydney CBD, like, in, the, in like, mm. the greater Sydney area. And they're, they're all, like, maybe one or two hours away from, from the office now, um, which is quite staggering for Atlassian being um, hu- a huge... Like huge company company um but yeah i th- i think for for like life in general it's pretty good to work from home but um back when i was working you know in the office those forced kind of lunchtime uh interactions <laughs> were like helped me get to know um either get to know more people or um get to yeah have have that i don't know conversation between different teams like i feel like i've been working in like such a silo because i um don't have that natural um cross team conversations like it's like the other person on the team is getting up it's like oh yeah i kind of know them it's like hey do you want to go have lunch or 
that just just recognizing a few people from other teams and just maybe having a conversation with them randomly and then understanding some pain points maybe so i think from a like a work perspective i don't know if it's been all that good um and taking that away of course you need to then compensate right you need to compensate with maybe reaching out specifically but man that's weird for me <laughs> like yeah yeah um i do kind of like i really enjoy the flexibility of working from home um and that i'm not necessarily forced to socialize with people but i do miss kind of just being in the office amongst people um and then sometimes i didn't mind just like getting up and going for a walk around and just saying hi to whoever was there and then yeah like at lunchtime um talking to people <laughs> didn't always like that either but it was yeah. just nice <laughs> yeah i also don't like i while i say i did it it's not i don't think i particularly enjoyed being forced to socialize <laughs> in general um but now it's been taken away i'm like sweet this is awesome i can talk to nobody <laughs> But then I'm talking to nobody. And then um, I, I guess it depends on the type of work um, you would do if you, have to, if you have to have kind of that awareness of, of what other teams are doing. Um, then it's much easier because then I found out that I have very little awareness of what other teams are doing outside of a three-hour, like, showcase where you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny. Our, our showcases are like one hour and we're like strictly limited like yeah. to, to keeping it to like five minutes. But um, yeah, early, early 20, or, yeah, 2020 last year as well, uh, we were working, our team was working quite closely with other teams. And so I got a lot of social interaction from all of the Zoom calls and meetings that we had with all these other teams. And I didn't feel like it was too much different from being in the in the office and I looked forward to just coming to stand up and you know cracking all these jokes and stuff and now that we're not really doing that as much anymore because our focus has changed it does sort of feel like something I kind of miss and at the same time it's like weird to go to those people and try and like strike up a conversation with them just randomly on slack or something you have to be really that that's the thing right whenever i thought about you know talking to someone on slack it seems like it has to be very purposeful of course it doesn't mm. but it is very um very much like sending an email and giving someone a meeting it's like like you're trying to i think a lot of people struggle with this early they try to replace everything with a meeting like every mm. any every one of those little interactions um, got replaced with a meeting and then you just basically have a full get, full day of meetings. Um, but yeah, I'm also kind of on the fence of whether or not working from home is uh, like entirely good. Sure, I'm an, I, I lean towards introversion. So generally this is all really good for me. <laughs> but does it yeah. make a, you a better coworker? Who knows? Um, I don't know. Um, but going back to what you're saying about sort of like I think you mentioned there's some effort required to, uh, I, I, to like reach out and make those. Yeah. That, yeah. To reach out. Um, it made me think of, uh, 
people who had joined our company during this working from home remote time and uh, some of them left and I sort of thought uh, well I've never met that person in person (laughs) and I started to think that this is a thing now Um, and every time these people are introduced like new employees are introduced there's still that uh, kind of uh, still that feeling that they want to say or somebody says I hope we get to see each other in person sometime soon Uh, like people still want to like hey and that's cool Um, but I was thinking about how, what my attitude towards this is like, especially when someone new joins the company and whether or not they have worked remotely, um, it's like they're new and you want to make them feel welcome and you want to, uh, make sure they don't like aren't sitting alone at home going, Oh my God, what am I doing? Yeah. (laughs) Like, and I have this personal thing uh the only way I can explain it is like I feel like I need to make myself known to people (laughs) as to like what I do it sounds really obnoxious and kind of up myself but it's basically like it does uh require like more communication to like reach out and help people when they ask something and you know you can help them Mm -hmm. um or I'm trying to think of a concrete example. So someone makes like a pull request, which for people who don't work in tech, is like, um, it's a sort of... Uh, review process. An update. Yeah, yeah. So you want someone to review your code and then uh, they, if, when it's approved, you can like, it, it goes out and it's all good. Uh, sometimes there's some communication required and maybe some discussion needs to happen. Maybe some corrections need to be made and it's all fine. And every time some new person creates one of these reviews... Uh, I feel the need to make myself extremely available to help them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that's just, it's a lot of effort as well. And I also am wary of coming across as too, like, fucking friendly. Like, yo, let me know if you have any, if yeah. you have any questions. And so, but I do want to make them feel welcome. My thing with that is that yeah. I'm worried that they would think that I think that they don't know how to do their job yeah like a pushy thing right yeah or like a control thing um and i think this is like a communication uh sort of thing that you a skill that you need to like work on um i'm not saying you i mean just in general yeah it's it's about communication right you want to strike a good balance between like Uh, helping the person and not offending them and yeah and this kind of stuff is I think very specific to our, the the fact that we are working from home and we don't actually see each other face to face because it all stems from like that very initial um, like get connections like oh you're like oh you're new like okay so how are you finding it let's get coffee that like that kind of like pattern even though I don't drink coffee um, it I think gives us an opportunity to like like focus on doing something and having a casual chat at the same time. And then they would know your mannerisms and they would know that you're just a helpful kind of person. You're not malicious. But when you type it out or when you yeah. like send someone a meeting, like why is this random person sending me a meeting? Like, did I do something wrong? Do we need to talk about mm. something specific? Um, and you're new, agendas, so you have people. no idea. Agendas. Yeah, exactly. I Yeah, so... 
um, even with the agenda, you're like just checking in to see if I can help you with anything. Um, I know it's a bit actually a little pessimistic to say that everyone would think that you are being um, like a jerk or being too like micromanagey, but but um, it's really forward as well to just set up a meeting. I would message the person and be like, "Hey, are you okay if I set up yeah. a call?" Yeah, exactly. And then do you message them on Slack? How long will they take to respond to Slack? And if they don't respond to Slack, like, shit, did I say something wrong? So it's, it's yeah, I think it's a, it's a still a, still a weird landscape. Um, like you said, with new people, um, it, it's hard to strike that balance without having some kind of like, like a, um, like a personality, initial personality check. Um, but I, th yeah. I think, um, the, I think it might get better. I don't know. I, um, but I'm going to be starting a new job soon, which is why I guess this is like a topic on the top of my mind. So uh, it's going to be interesting because I'm, I, I have to be in a position of tying together, I think a lot of pieces across teams perhaps. So it's, it's going to be interesting, um, like getting to know a whole bunch of people uh, straight up online because yeah. at least in my last role, I met my team once and I don't know, <laughs> if, I don't know if I'm going to meet my team this time because they're quite remote as well. I think Brisbane, Melbourne, and I think there's only like one person in Sydney. So maybe you should just gather them together, uh, like for a, like ask them, can I have a, yeah, Can I, I think call it's... with you to intro each other. Like, I think that's that's okay from me into my team. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. You I said, mean, not with just randomly yeah. people you you know you'll be working with. Yeah, yeah. But like um, you said, when you like approach someone that's new or like out of the blue, or someone new just approaches you out of the blue, it's kind of like a bit of a weird uh, mind game for at first. Yeah, you get over it for sure. And I hope no one yeah. from my new company is listening to my podcast. <laughs> one day they will. Nah. nah. Um, this does, this, this, um, I read this blog post um, like last week or a couple of weeks ago. Um, we had this kind of like hackathon thing at our work. And uh, oh, for I, I, I don't you know about... what a hackathon is. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Jeff. You're better at these explanations. Um, it's uh, usually a company a uh, company supported thing you can have um charity hackathons but essentially the idea is over 48 hours um you and a small team of perhaps possibly randoms uh come together to try and solve a problem in 48 hours um they usually have prizes for certain aspects so um you may not have to produce something or at least pitch an idea but like the idea is the, the thing is you come up with a solution in 48 hours. Um, yeah. As far as I know, only code people do this. I don't know any other like lawyers, <laughs> yeah. 48 hours. Let's do this. Let's try to solve this case. <laughs> You'd be effed. I'm just like thinking of my mom who like does stuff in cosmetics. I'm like, how many faces can you do? It? Like, but I don't know. Um, so what Jeff said about, potentially randoms possibly randoms um random people yeah that's it that's the important part so i'm talking about this hackathon that happened specifically at my workplace so it's people in the company um 
the the blog post was about like how I'm a bit I had this like trauma associated with negative like toxic hackathon culture because 48 hours it's kind of like for some places for some organizations or companies like I go fucking sleep under the table and shit and just negative stuff and this was about my more positive experience that I had last year at my at my company um so we had a lot of new people join our company in the past like couple of years and uh, I pitched this idea, which everyone has seen everywhere. And I'm just going to say, and I don't think I need to explain it to no normie or shit. It's called dark mode. It's everywhere. <laughs> so um, our, our product didn't have a dark mode. And I made this pitch. And I honestly thought that nobody was going to be interested in this. Nobody was going to join me. And I'd just be a, a team of one. But um, surprisingly, like six other people joined me. And um a lot of those people were new. I think like five out of six of them had joined the company within the past like six months. And um, because I guess it was my idea, I had this responsibility to kind of get things a bit organized. And I thought it would be nice since no one's really possibly talked about or known each other. But I, I thought on the, on, the, on the day it starts, I'll set up a meeting and we can have a chat and everyone can just introduce themselves. <laughs> and it's yeah. nice, right? So that was, yeah. It's it's a good idea, I think, um, especially for for new newcomers, and especially when you might not um, ever meet these people in person or not for a long time anyway, and you will be working together on stuff. So nice to kind of break the ice. I hate that. Fr- Do you hate that? Fr- oh break my god, icebreakers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I did one pre like recently for like a guild that we were starting up. Um, was it a guild or was one of our first kind of presentations at a guild and we did a two truths and a lie type thing oh my god Uh, I love those I'm obsessed with these stupid party games I like them I like them yeah so we did the two truths and a lie. Actually, I think we did two lies and a truth and it tripped loads of people up because gener- generally it's two truths and a lie, not two lies and a truth. So people were guessing the the lie. They were trying to guess a lie, but actually there were two lies. So, um, so yeah, we kind of met, we kind of messed around with that kind of concept. Um, and you have to kind of tell a story about the, <laughs> about the, the, too, too yeah. too about the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we got everyone in the video chat to vote which one, and then and then we kind of revealed it on the next slide. But yeah, I mean that's fun. I like that <laughs> one. The, as, the as trick far as I do with that is pretty is, good. Yeah. yeah, the thing I do with that for fun is I make one of like for the one that's supposed to be a lie, I actually make it like half true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's like still that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> so I broke my bones five times. Ooh, yeah, no, it's actually, it's actually like... six. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fu- it's quite funny. I've done that on several occasions. It's a troll. <laughs> <laughs> but it is funny because like I like to write really ridiculous ones. Like I think once I wrote um so it's two tr- yeah, we did two truths and one lie. And one of one of the truths was uh, when I was younger, I wanted to be a dentist and I did work experience at the Westmead Oral Health Centre. That's a, and, and it was very detailed, right? <laughs> and then I think I did... Uh, I'm trying to remember another one. Oh. Um, it but might that have is been like strange. that. 
<laughs> it might have been that I used to be a ballerina and I ended up uh, uh, doing all my grades and like almost became a teacher or whatever. Very specific. And then I think I made the lie something like I was um, playing with silly putty when I was uh, five years old or something and it got stuck on the ceiling and I got an allergic reaction and I haven't touched it ever since. <laughs> but I just made them so detailed and then like a couple of people guessed it right because they're like the silly putty one just sounds so odd <laughs> and some people were just like I don't know this is so detailed <laughs> anyway giant troll so you're just yeah you're just a giant troll with the icebreaker um yeah we did one uh for we were trying to do one for each person of the team but I but our team is like three people or whatever four people oh my so. god it's so funny when you have like only a few people and like it's just too easy to <laughs> <laughs> yeah to guess so um uh, the, so, so that was yeah that's that's my experience with icebreakers i don't think i'm doing a talk soon and i don't know i don't think we have an icebreaker in there because i mean there's supposed to be like over 100 people but one of the reasons why people are going to this meetup is to maybe like do some networking. So we're going to utilize the breakout rooms, um, <laughs> which, yeah. which are a pretty interesting concept. Um, my previous company did something along the lines with breakout rooms and I was like, Oh no, I don't, I don't think I really want to like socialize or be forced to socialize <laughs> with random people. Um, but it, it worked. It worked out okay. Every like yeah, as long as you have like a talking bad. point or purpose, then you go okay. Like, what yeah. do you guys think about this X and Y? So it's not too bad. Breakout rooms. Um, but yeah, that's uh pretty much my oh. Side note: Have you heard of poly work? While we're on the topic of work and work related things, I literally only heard about it today i think because one of my friends said she got verified on it verified. Oh, so what is it i don't actually so know. it's a professional net social network it's um, linkedin oh my god no i'm done it's, it's not linkedin <laughs> it's not linkedin as you can see i've got here june 27 2021 started a non-tech related chat and chill type podcast with french country called toast and roast um <laughs> so it's it's a it's, I guess, what you would call it a oh, show, showcase. It's basically a, show, a live showcase feed. So you follow people that you know are doing cool stuff and they will just post, essentially, yeah, post highlights and, of, and showcases from things they've done, like talks, side projects, personal milestones and stuff like that. So it's more, I guess, focused on like seeing what, professional things are hap like are happening in other professionals lives rather than the shit show that's LinkedIn, which is, I don't know, success stories. And I went to my daughter's ballet recital the other day and she, uh, she couldn't get one of the steps right and she fell over and then she got back up and that is why you should always get back up. If my five-year-old daughter can get back up in the middle of a freaking recital, you can too. Like, it's such bullshit on LinkedIn. Um, 
<laughs> and that was overly detailed. I'm pretty sure I saw something <laughs> similar like that on LinkedIn. Um, but have you seen like people posting videos or sat basically meme satire stuff on like how to become LinkedIn famous? You, there's a formula. Uh, I haven't, but I I actually didn't log into LinkedIn for like at least a year until like recently. I wanted to. Uh, I think I wanted to read someone's post on there. She was an intern who recently finished her internship with us, and she was she was super cool. Uh, and so I had I, for some reason I I had to log in to read her story. I don't know, whatever. But I had like hundreds of like messages and notifications and stuff. Um, but you were right; it is a shit show, and I don't really care to be uh, famous on there. <laughs> what does that even mean? Yeah, what what does it mean to be famous on LinkedIn? Do you think you'll get more jobs? I don't think so. Um, I don't think anyone in- increases credibility based on um, <laughs> based on how many likes one of your LinkedIn posts get. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like you follow you follow some people. I know this is very tech related, so apologies for people who aren't um, particularly tech inclined, but the they they're growing in size and it's kind of like yeah you follow some people you see what they're working on what they have released and it's um a little bit more focused on is essentially people's achievements so it's kind of nice published a video emceed a conference spoke at a conference featured in an interview stuff like that um, so it's like a portfolio kind of but yeah, it's got a bit of social stuff, I guess. If you if you MC at a conference, it's like, yeah, I was here. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. It is kind of portfolio and kind of not, which is nice. Um, I was gonna try and post on this on this every single time we posted a new episode of <laughs> Toast and Rest, but I legit forgot. Um, so uh, <laughs> I wonder how much I care about this though. If you know what I mean. Like, I feel like I'm shitting on this already. <laughs> Roasting <laughs> it. It's just like, uh, who's to say it's not just another social media feed, but like specialized, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Because um, I'm going to change our outro, find our updates on Polywork, y'all. Yeah, you can you can follow us on uh, Polywork. <laughs> um, I don't think they're doing company stuff, so it's very much individuals. So you can't have a Toast okay. Roast pod account. Um, but yeah, uh, you can, a lot of people, of course, I started off with doing my, um, my work history Job and stuff history. like that. Yeah. yeah. And then you get these tags, which are really, really, really broad. And really, I, I told them, I'm like, this is really weird. Like, this is like a tag that's seen some shit. Seen no, some shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm a systems thinker, a software architect, and I've seen some shit. Like, why? Like, Neopets <laughs> alumnus. Like, <laughs> hey, where did we get this data from? Did you put, like... They have all of these as an option. I didn't write any and of these. And you ticked them on. I just ticked them. <laughs> You just take the <laughs> early adopter. Yeah. Fuck. I'm going to take photographer off because I had, I've sold my camera. So I'm no longer quote, so quote a photographer. I've, this tag, st- yeah, yeah, same. Um, this tag stuff reminds me of LinkedIn still though, because yeah. they had a whole bunch of tags and I remember not quite understanding it when I was selecting them. 
because when it came to adding my work history, I was adding stuff like my concert photography that I used to do and like other non like things that aren't related to my current career. Yeah. It's and kind of I even I even added like playing guitar and I think someone actually contacted me asking if I wanted to play guitar at some <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I'm using this wrong. <laughs> yeah, I've learned very early that if you put any keywords that you don't necessarily want them to contact you about, then that then you're in for a really fun ride. Like I I put like <laughs> Angular in one of one of my job description oh, like that's shit. a mistake huge mistake then people started asking me for angular stuff um but yeah i think um linkedin's just super fucking weird if anyone uses it or anyone asks you to join it like be warned don't look at it <laughs> it's literally like anytime you need a job go to go to the go to this you have a message this, um, yeah, I have tons of messages. Like, oh yeah. Uh, no, I'm not gonna expand that. But yeah. Um, oh, it's really slow. But yeah, so social media. As social media goes, I'm like, um, I was talking to a friend about this actually. Like, I am. I have an account on every social media, um, <laughs> but. I never feel the need to actually post anything. Um, Twitter's probably the most I've ever posted in in um, in my lifetime on any social media. Um, what's that? Three and a, I think I like a hundred tweets a year or something like that. Um, yeah. But then, like, some friend of mine asked me why. Why don't you like to post on social media? And. I think I said something along the lines of because I'm part of tech and I kind of understand what social media is like for and why they why the tech company wants me to use social media. I'm a bit less uh, susceptible to its like it, its uh, mechanics, you know, showing you <laughs> things that you may want to comment on and interact with. Um, I'm like hyper aware and I just feel like I don't want to engage in that specific aspect. Um, but then on the flip side, you're like, well, you kind of should use it to keep in contact with people who only use Facebook. And I'm like, Oh God. So no, I'm a... no, you should not. <laughs> <laughs> um, some people are only on Facebook and, um, but I don't actually keep in contact with anyone, anyone on my Facebook anyways. Um, so yeah, I gave them this vague, like pretty hoity-toity. Um, I'm a, I'm I'm too good to uh to contribute to, to uh Facebook and stuff like that. Um, I don't think, um, anyone's particularly interested in what I want to post on Facebook, anyways. Oh, that's so interesting because you know, like I am almost precisely the opposite, but I also work in tech, and. Yeah. I think because I came from a different sort of background of having a blog online and having like essentially my life and personal details and things on the internet. Um, and of course I am fully aware of uh, the repercussions of putting too much information online and, you know, having a, any kind of reputation or image. And of course, recently there've been issues with like, privacy and surveillance and you know shit like 
being targeted at getting targeted ads and a company big big tech corps uh watching what you're doing so that they can market things at you and get your money and i don't know it's like the reason i still post i so i mainly only use twitter and instagram i've never had facebook i know instagram is technically owned by facebook blah blah anyway it's not that's not the point <laughs> not the same i know there's i know there's a shadow profile of me anyway i'm not on facebook never had facebook and um i am almost like against it purely I want to say purely, but I feel like I continue to be against it to spite those people um, who only want to keep in touch on Facebook. Because I had a blog, like, well before Facebook was even a thing. And, you know, I obviously had a phone number, (laughs) email and things. And I was like, what is the point in me joining the social networking site? And posting stuff there when I do it on my blog, which I really enjoy. So that was also, that was why I never joined Facebook in the first place. And I just remember going through this thing of people would ask if I had Facebook, and if I didn't have Facebook, then they would not keep in touch with me. And I'm like, if I need to join a social network to be your friend, yeah. then you can just fuck off. Yeah. But um, uh, I posted on Twitter because uh, I joined Twitter in like 2008, which I think was maybe when it was like a couple years old or a few years old. Uh, I initially joined because I was entering some competition um, to win some domain domain names from Namecheap. (laughs) The classic reason. (laughs) It's how you get Georgie to join anything. You gotta get some free Namecheap domain names. Fuck off. (laughs) I I kept posting on Twitter because I I think I just liked the format of like this micro blogging kind of thing, and then just seeing what people are up to. Um, I don't know. I kind of liked it before it turned into the shit show it is today. And I somehow gained some following on Twitter. And then when I started, uh, you know, working professionally in in tech, um, it became a pretty uh, good platform to keep in, I don't really keep in touch, I guess I'll use the word keep in touch, like with people in the industry, see what people are up to, also share some of the things I was learning. And that was how I connected with people. It was like a super quick way of connecting with people, which didn't feel very committal compared Mm, to mm. facebook and then instagram i joined in like 2012 just wanted to uh, jeff and i've talked about this before but i just wanted to post some pretty pictures with (laughs) shitty filters and then it grew into like yeah it's fucking serious and then i started shit posting like late last year because i was like fuck everyone and i don't know i i don't mind the story feature because i just post mostly outfits i've worn and like and I post some updates about my fitness the feed. Yeah, I don't want to pollute but the feed. It is. It is essentially what I want to use it for, and it is. I have maybe fallen into a bit of a trap of I should be using this for this because everybody else is, and yeah. sometimes I do, and then it's just like nah. I always revert back to what I want to use it for. Mm-hmm. And yeah, these are these are tools. Um, mm-hmm. I had a Facebook account, and I was quite um, I was quite active on Facebook when I first opened it up and made it. Um, but I guess what I found eventually, and I get, and probably contrary to my hoity-toity, I'm too tech to use it. Um, I just found out that, like you, um, 
the friends that I actually wanted to keep up to date, I kept up to date in, in different platforms and just, and if you wanted to know something, um, but required me to use this platform, um, then tough luck. Um, so I think, yeah, over, over the years, I just collected a group of friends and those group of friends are on a messaging platform and they are the ones I know, um, actually care about what I'm, uh, what I'm saying and will res respond most of the time, Tayo. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I felt less and less need, I guess, to, to actually update Facebook to a bunch of nobodies. Um, I have, I had, I have like maybe a significant amount of connections and I used to use it as a kind of a, like a contact list. Like everyone I ever knew, I will connect with on LinkedIn. And that is a source of truth for like all the people I know. Um, <laughs> I also used to freelance. So every now and then I'd have jobs come through there. So I kept, I kept it like going, I kept it open. Um, but yeah, it, uh, slowly but surely it kind of just waned away. I was like, mm, I don't really care about having a connect like a huge list of connections that's what linkedin's for like people i know i'll link in, i'll connect with linkedin although i became a linkedin <laughs> yeah. snob i i remember when i met one of um our mutual friends i literally said sorry i'm not gonna connect to you on linkedin because i have never worked with you um <laughs> <laughs> i did that as well like uh, i don't add people i don't know and so i ignored a lot of literally just if they if i didn't know them i just wouldn't add them yeah yeah. Um, and I think it's also probably, you know, subconsciously the internet's gotten a little bit more dangerous. So adding random people, it has, uh, it has a bit of an effect. Um, when you add somebody, they can obviously see all your friends and then, um, you know, some social engineering can happen. So I think the combination of security and, and bots and, I've started like deleting more information about myself off the internet. Um, not that it's too hard to find, but I took my one thing I did. I took my birthday off Facebook because I was tired of getting mm. happy birthdays from people that literally do this because they're just scrolling they through Facebook. Yeah. They're like, yeah. you, you literally just saw this notification and, and because you feel, I don't know, I'm a bit cynical. Maybe you feel like you need to, to interact with someone who's having a birthday. Um, but no shade on anyone think... who goes around saying happy birthday <laughs> to, know, to their friends. But you know, this thing happens on Instagram and Twitter as well, but to a different extent. So like literally today, uh, is my friend in the US's birthday and she posted a picture and said this is what my age puts the number in I just don't want to say it just, I mean I know it's public <laughs> but I just she goes this is what blah looks like like what my age looks like and everyone's like happy birthday and like it's done in a different way because you see a similar thing on Instagram blah 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 it was my birthday with Kate and then everybody everybody in the comments like even I feel compelled to do this this is yeah. so just like happy birthday to a stranger and so I think, yeah, the notification is just another version of a more obvious, hey, it's my birthday today. Yeah, yeah. 
it, it goes back to the tool thing, right? It's like, if you, if it's truly a tool for you to use anything that kind of tries to grab you and pull you back in to interact with it for something as nonsensical as saying happy birthday to a random person. Um, but yeah, I was like, I only really appreciate happy birthdays from like people who actually know and remember that it's my birthday, not like a bunch of random people. I don't, I don't particularly know anymore. Um, and but at, on the same, on on another level, it's polite. Maybe it's a polite thing, right? I've never known it as a polite thing. But but, but let's say somebody uh, who is your friend on Facebook sees that and doesn't say happy birthday. Oh, How they're dead to me. I'm I'm disconnecting <laughs> like <laughs> un unfriend unfriended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, exactly, yeah, but yeah, you wouldn't know. Yeah, you don't even care. Exactly, exactly. Um, but you know what? I what else? What else I don't care about uh, ending this podcast. Right? <laughs> no, 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 you do care about. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't fucking do. The thing it. I really care about is ending this podcast. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um. So thanks for listening. Um, uh, you can follow us on at Toast Rose Pod uh, on Instagram and Twitter, mostly Instagram. I mean, mostly Twitter. Um, <laughs> mostly Facebook. Mostly Facebook. <laughs> please, please don't try find us on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and maybe Facebook, but not really. <laughs> Facebook Lives coming soon. <laughs> and uh, new episodes on every Monday. So see, see you next, next week. week. Bye. Bye.